is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Twitter slash X. We're live on Instagram. Maybe you're listening later. Spotify, Stitcher, the app of your choice. However, if you are listening on Google Podcasts, please stop doing that. I mean, don't stop doing that right now. What you got to stop doing is it's going away at the end of March. So subscribe literally anywhere else that podcasts are posted. We are absolutely everywhere. Or on Google Podcasts, they have a thing where you can transfer it over to YouTube Music. If you use that, apparently it's very easy. So there you go. Ah, little, everybody loves a little business up top, right? Oh, man. That's a fun part yeah. to really draw people into the podcast talking about. It's my favorite part of the mullet. I've never investigated it beyond the business up front. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, whenever I listen to WTF, I listen to Mark Marin talking about where he posts the podcast, and then I turn it right off. Smart. I'm like, I got what I Smart. want. Yeah. yeah, that's the fun part here. Yeah, yeah. There's Serial, no problem. Same after thing. That. I, I solve the mystery of where they post the podcast, and I'm done. And then I you just listen through the MailChimp ad, and you're like, I, I got it. Yeah, I got the gist. That's I don't think you know what uh, podcasts are. I think I have a pretty fair idea. Okay. Is this a podcast? Yep. Not yet. Not until you invite in our lovely guests. Hey! Uh, great to be up there yeah. because we have a packed show for you tonight with three guests. Why don't we bring in our first one of the evening? He is the creator of the new book, Orange Flavor, Micah Rockarola. Hey! What's up? Hey! Micah. Oh, boy. Welcome to the show. Very excited to have you here. You are the creator, as I mentioned, of Orange Flavor, which is, oh, wow, print hey, copy. Justin's got a print that. copy over there. Nice. This is something that I, I would suggest is lovingly inspired by the indie zines of our youth, if you ooh, will. Ooh. I'm trying to bring them back, throwing it back to a little bit of that old school anarchic, anarchic, anarchic? I don't know how you pronounce that word. Uh, feel <laughs> from back in the day from things like Raw and otherwise. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that what you were inspired by here? You, you're exactly right. I, I, uh, I, I wrote down a, a, my media talking points here. And the thing that uh, finally, I've wanted to make a comic forever. And the thing that like finally broke it open for me was reading uh, Dan Claus' Eight Ball. Which oh, is nice. Like, that that's similar uh, energy that you're describing right now of just like going for it kind of uh little edgy uh yeah. and just fun just having fun the way you think uh it should be i guess <laughs> uh exactly. well, talk specifically about the book then like what mm. once you decided okay this is the kind of thing i wanted to do why orange flavor why this <laughs> why was this the right <laughs> so it started, uh, like I said, I've been trying to like, I've been wanting to like make like a, a book worth printing basically for a long time. I've done uh, a lot of web stuff and what have you. Um, but I basically just had this backlog of comics that I was making for no reason other than just to text my friends. I was nice. like <laughs> literally like making like 11 by 17 drawn and then scanned comics and literally just sending them by text. And I'm like, I like these. I don't really know where to put them or what to do with them. And then, yeah, I, uh, I've i been a, more of like a manga dude and uh, more like, 
like indie stuff, but like, like not like you're describing, like where it's more zine and like almost like a someone's own personal magazine, basically. And then when I saw uh, Eight Ball, it was just like, oh my God, yes. I want to make my own humor magazine. Like that's what I want to do. And uh, I, I found a place for all these odds and ends. And then I uh, kind of made, uh, I wrote a story based on my childhood as like the, the opening uh, salvo and uh, and just tried to ha have everything sort of have a similar energy throughout. Uh, and uh, that uh, energy I coined as uh, orange, orange flavor. Wow. Orange flavor. There we go. Oh, nice. It makes total sense now. Yeah. Like, I want to ask you, uh, what year is this? Are you starting working on this texting your friends? Is this recent? I worked with you on a TV show uh, yeah. many years ago now. What are you Ooh. doing this then? I was doing other stuff that didn't make it into this, but yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I, uh, I would say everything that is in the, uh, in the comic is from, uh, probably like three years ago, as far back as it goes, but I was doing this exact, definitely this exact sort of thing back then. Just being like, where do I put this? I, I it doesn't feel like I should uh, make this a web comic. I don't really know what this is, but I think it's funny. And my, Friends seem to think it's funny and kind of evolved from there. Uh, we got a comment here from YouTube. Nat Townsend says, Orange flavor reminded me a lot of Love and Rockets. Was that any bit of the inspiration there? Mm -hmm. I discovered that afterwards, actually. Um, and it uh, immediately was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. I, I basically, I, I don't know how I would describe myself. Like, I, 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 missed all the marvel stuff early somehow my grandfather had a huge comic collection it was just an just the most amazing comic collection you've ever seen and he got me into like little nemo and all the carl barks yeah. duck comics yeah. and like um what was the other oh elf quest the first time i saw elf <laughs> quest yeah. he was, he's legit like legit legit more legit than me like legit Elfquest is like right. Yeah. That's like the deepest level. Yeah, like dude, that was like the first time I was like, 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 what is this feeling I'm feeling looking at these sexy little elf girls? Like, what is happening here? I'm like nine years old, and my grandpa was like, check it out, pretty cool, huh? Um, <laughs> that's awesome. like, that's, that's the most this... distilled. That's like dabbing <laughs> for weed in a comic book. Right? <laughs> yeah, the most distilled down version. First time I ever saw Bone was him as well. Oh wow! So like, that's the kind of like place I, I I wound up comic book wise, and then I started getting into manga uh, later. And it wasn't only until recently that I started getting into the more of like like the like you're saying the Raws and the um, Love and Rockets, and then and yeah, Eight Ball, which I straight up just like I'm like this is an amazing format. I'm doing my version of this format <laughs> uh, before. Wait, before, sorry, real quick before I forget, before we get any further. So every week on the show, we have a professional chef named Brett Ooh. Macris, uh, a.k.a. Schreiber. Like most podcasts. Like, like most, most podcasts. podcasts. As yeah. one does. WTF, yeah. cereal, all they take uh, a little pause to talk about the recipe of the week. And we all know this. Like, every it's, podcaster has a professional chef. Yeah, on, they, talk the about, they talk about where they're posted and any changes there. Then they talk about the recipe and then I turn it off. I just cut it right off. I'm done with it at that point. Anyway, uh, he comes up with a cocktail every week or curates a cocktail. And this week he was inspired by orange flavor. So nice. I wanted to throw that up there. Super tidy. Sorry if you can't see it. Uh, but it is called appropriately 
orange flavor. Uh, it is created by Stray Bullet Rock and Roll, and it's a egg white vodka, orange liqueur, Campari, orange juice, lemon juice, and an orange peel. Um, so yeah, very Dang. like like a orange creamsicle yeah. in nice. the form. I'd love to get it for grown-ups. Yeah, that's love, that's exactly yeah, that's my speed right there. Amazing, yeah. I'd love yeah. to get a copy of this because uh, media talking point. Uh, because this Saturday, <laughs> I'm hosting the official launch party for uh, uh, for um, Orange Flavor at Grievous Bar, or excuse me, nice. Grievous Angel Bar, 53 Stone Street, uh, and they're going to have Orange Flavor themed cocktails. So Whoa. maybe I should get this recipe yeah. to that dang bar, baby. Yeah, for sure. We'll send it over to you. It's going to be even smaller, though. Like, I'm going to keep <laughs> shrinking it down. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> it's really great when you put it up on the screen <laughs> and it's so impossible to read that it just doesn't make sense. It could be yeah, sad. Listen, work. there was some behind-the-scenes stuff going on with revising it and printing out a PDF. I didn't have time to. <laughs> Tech no. check that a, particular one. Nothing a bartender likes more than getting an egg white based cocktail. Like <laughs> <laughs> definitely do that. Here's the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a bunch of eggs. That's I all quit. I can tell you. Oh, Pete, before God. I interrupted you, though, you had a question or a statement you wanted to bring up. Yes. Yeah. I just you have wanted a prepared to. Statement. Uh, say, uh, I really love this. This really uh, did, like uh, Zelvatron was saying, it really brought me back to my youth, seeing like a like a kick-ass zine again. So congrats on that. Um, my my favorite line was the uh, couple that said, uh, we're not having children because we saw a bar graph <laughs> on uh, John Oliver. So a tip of the hat to you, sir. That was hysterical. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you. But I, well, the one thing I've always wondered about zines is how do you know when an issue is done? Because it's a collection of stories. Like, yeah. how do you decide how many go in there? Yeah, where it feels question. too light, or or you feel like, oh, this is the perfect amount. Totally. I mean, I I had a uh, that the the one you brought up I I had made and literally just texted people. That's all all ever <laughs> uh, everywhere everywhere it went. Um, but I had like three or four of things like that. And I basically wanted, I knew I wanted to do at least 24 pages. Uh, okay. And then um, it just, uh, it, it, it felt done when I hit, like, I, I had the, like, I, I was able to truthfully say there's 10 exciting things in this comic. Like, <laughs> like, even though like one of them's like, yeah, one of them's just like kind of like a page about me, but there's 10 exciting <laughs> things. So that was, that was, that was part of uh, uh, once I hit ten individual like segments, I guess I was like, okay, that that feels right. The uh, water balloon warriors really resonated with me. I uh, legit uh, oh, yeah. did that. <laughs> and let me ask you: you mentioned that uh, being from upstate New York. Can we yeah. get uh, more location than that? You're talking. Sure. Two out of the three of us are legit upstate New York. Oh guys. hell yeah! Okay, all right. Guess which ones? I'm gonna call it <laughs> Western New York because I know there's like co competitions. All right, for, all right. All you right. know the guy from Buffalo always like comes in and like stomps you if you say you're from upstate. But I am yeah. from near. Uh, Binghamton. I don't know if that resonates. Oh yeah, Binghamton. Right nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like 20 minutes from Binghamton in a town called New Berlin. Uh, okay. I went to oh, school yeah. at uh, SUNY Oneonta. Oh yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah, I ended yeah. up in our region. I'm from Sy North of Syracuse. Oh okay, cool. I didn't Arkansas know that, dude. That's that's awesome. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you guys and should it, hang out, work on projects together, and then not talk to each other. You know, you need to not. That's a lot know of people. About we work together at the opposition. Where we are, where you're from. There's a lot going on. Justin was one of the uh, uh, nicest guys on the show. He uh, he made an effort to come in and say hi to us lowly editors. I always oh, appreciated wow. that. I love hanging out with you guys. Was, <laughs> the vibe was right. <laughs> That was a stressful show, so yeah, it might, I I would imagine it would be nice to to get away from the uh, the writers' room for a minute. Uh, now that you have orange flavor done and granted, you're still doing the launch, like we were talking about, you're doing the party it's coming up and everything. Just starting. It's just starting, <laughs> but it's been out for a while, so come on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Are you thinking ahead to an orange flavor number two? Is this something that maybe you'd want to do quarter, quarterly, do you change annually, flavors or? with each yeah. issue? Yeah. Like grape flavor. Grape yeah. Yeah. Been a lot of requests for grape flavor. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so here's my thinking. Um, I, I made a website, uh, orangeflavor.fun. That's where you can buy the comic if you oh, dot like fun. I know, yeah. I just paid that extra $10 for that <laughs> sweet ending. That's Look fun. at you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I built a website and it's, uh, it kind of works like a Patreon. You can subscribe. Uh, it's for free. No, no, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but I think I'm going to, um, serialize stuff there. And the next printed uh, uh, issue will be collections of stuff that I really liked from there. Plus like, you know, original stuff that only appears in print. Um, and I'm, I would love, I would love to do like three or four a year. I think that would be incredible. That's awesome. Uh, nice, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's like the most satisfying creative endeavor I've ever, uh, I've ever embarked on. Like it, nice, it, dude. it's uh man it's just there's something so cool about the just the creative possibilities of comic books it's insane just like you know working in tv justin i'm you know like there's a lot of people above you telling you no and what you can and cannot do and i don't even remember the word yes (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i uh i was you know working in that industry and it was uh you know i was happy with where i got but i also was like I don't think uh, this is quite for me. (laughs) And I'm like, I have things I want to make. And like, I love comic books and um, it just, it just like making it was the first time I was like creating more desire and energy to make than like working on a video where you're depleted at the end because it's so much effort. Or this is a ton of effort, but it like it it was like joyful effort. Yeah, you're so much at the end. Yes, like it just it filled me with more desire to make more. So absolutely, that's awesome. I'm gonna make as many as I possibly can, and uh, and and hopefully on a in a timely manner. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Uh, let me just say that Oniata is really lighting up the comments. You got Nat Town. Oh yeah. Here. And uh, one of our other guests is an Oniata uh, person as well. So. Awesome. I'm going to hang out in the, uh, I'll hang out in the uh, YouTube chat after you're done with me and, uh, and, and say hello. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oneana's a, Oneana's a fun town. It's, yeah. uh, it's a good time. That's the majority of our YouTube chat is usually. A lot of food stuff, you know. You know, it's funny yeah. you say this. I'm looking into buying billboards for my comic in Oneonta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's a bunch of digital oh. billboards. It's not that expensive. Like it's shockingly like, on par with like buying like a facebook ad i just want to do it i've had all these weird projects like 
I was dead set on getting my comic book in a grocery store and I did it. So it's like the nineties. You can go to a, you can go oh, to uh you can go to associated supermarket in Ridgewood, Queens and buy a copy <laughs> of our yeah, so cool. It's like, dude, uh, like that's like, it's just, it's man. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. I got in forbidden planet. I was blown away. Awesome. Like nice. yeah. shout out Matty D that dude's super, super nice. And like, I'm a nobody. He didn't know me. And he was like, this is cool. I'll put it in this store that everybody loves. They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Desert Island took me. I'm, 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 I'm quite pleased with the, with the, the whole thing, the whole experience. That's so awesome. Cool. Micah, congratulations. The book is yeah. great. Good luck. With party. You. I'll shoot you the recipe. Even though yes, please. Be like you won't be able to read it. <laughs> He's yeah. my buddy. He'll, I'll, uh, he'll, he'll get over the, I'll bring the eggs for him. I'll do that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Awesome. Micah, have a great night. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Great to see you, man. Thank you for having me. Good luck. Come back. We'll I will. Orangeflavor.fun. Buy one, please. I got to get these out of my house. My wife's going to yeah. kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Micah Rock and Roll. Check it out. As he said, it's orangeflavor.fun. It is available right now. Uh, and it is great. It is, in fact, orange flavor. And it is fun. So there yeah. you go. Right there, great brand points. Great brand points. That's what we're all about on this show. We're also about our other great guests, uh, including our next guest, who is the writer of the awesome upcoming coming out tomorrow from Oni Press, Jill and the Killers. Ladies and gentlemen, Olivia Cortero Briggs. Olivia, Yay! hello. Hey. Hello. Hi again, guys. Hi. Good to see you. Thank you Good for coming you. back to the show. Yeah. Oh, of Big Big book launch. Uh, this is pretty exciting. This is coming out tomorrow. First four issues from Oni Press. And before we even get into the book itself, I'm curious, this is part of like Oni's, not rebranding, but big new push for books under their management. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get to be part of that? How did Jill and the Killers get to be part of this? To be honest with you, I don't know. <laughs> That's the best answer. But what kind of happened was that, um, you know, we were, uh, New York Comic Con was coming up. And I'm from New York City. So, yes, I, I wrote in the comments uh, before while Micah was talking that I spent all my summers up near Oneonta. So I'm very familiar. My dad's from upstate New York. He actually, nice. uh, yeah, he went to, um, to uh, University of Binghamton. Wow, nice. Wow. Up in like Yeah. I know. When that became a part of the conversation, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, Binghamton has never been mentioned twice on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a record we just broke it. That's never happened. Well, I mean, it's 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 not it's not the hub it once was. No, um, a lot of so things like that. that Ani DeFranco tried. She put in, or was mm -hmm. was that the Buffalo effort? Does she have a recording studio in Buffalo or Binghamton? I can't remember. No idea, but that sounds <laughs> no, no, like it oh, sounds true. Um, uh, anyway, so New York Comic Con was coming up, and uh, you know we're we're making great progress on the book, and I just kind of waved my hands around and I was like, "Hey, Oni people, are we doing something uh, for New York Comic Con?" Because I was going to be there anyway, because uh, I have another book that's coming out this summer uh, with Mavericks, the new Fate Winks um, books. Yes. So um, they were like, "Oh yeah, we should do something." And then the next thing I know, I'm like <laughs> part of this huge launch wow. for the new year. Um, so I have no idea if that was like already something that was in the works or if it was just me being loud and annoying, um, that <laughs> earned me that, but 
Um, either way, uh, I have no issues being loud and annoying. Um, so yeah, I, I, I lucked out and we did a fantastic panel. Um, and Oni has really put themselves behind this book. I mean, I don't think that I've ever done this much press for anything. Um, and uh, it's it's been really fantastic. And I'm super excited and super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, without getting too many into spoilers, I don't think you need to be nervous about the content of the book because I, yeah. I loved it. Uh, yeah. We read Yay. it. It's, we all loved it, yeah. I'm... I'm not going to pitch it. Can you pitch it? Because I don't want to spoil the yeah, twist. Yeah, tell us how here. far. You have to show us yeah, how far you, to pitch. Exactly. Well, well, the first twist you have to spoil because it's like yeah. it's it's part of the premise. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the book is um, about uh, this chick that I, I just adore so much. I spent a lot of time with her. Her name is Jill Estrada. Um, her mom uh, went missing the year before. So she's been under lock and key um, at her dad's request, and she is uh, just now going back to school after being away for a year. It's her senior year of high school. And uh, so, you know, she arrives back at school. She's trying to win back her friend group, and they've all moved on, and they're all, like, super into true crime and all of these murder mystery games. And so to kind of appease them and get back into her clique, uh, she decides that she's going to pony up the dough and order this, you know, really expensive pioneering murder mystery game that's, like, very much along the lines of Hunt a Killer. That was a big inspiration for me. Um, the thing is, when they get the box and they start solving the clues, uh, they quickly realize that this is not a game. These are clues to an actual real-life missing persons case that happened in their very town and might, might, might somehow be connected to the disappearance of Jill's mom, which is the big overarching yeah. So yeah, so you guys, you you can go that far. It's okay. It's, very, it's, it's out there. Well, I, I love that, and one of the things that I really love about this issue in particular is how much time you get to spend with the characters. This is an oversized yeah. issue, so you really do take the time to get to know everybody. It's not the sort of thing where that last twist you're talking about, it's just sort of muddling along and then you get there because there's a lot of different action and a lot of kind of gory stuff that happens at certain yeah. points of the book. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll talk about the pace a little bit when you're doing something like this, when you're setting up a first issue in a new world like this. What's most important to you to capture? Um, it's really all about characters. Um, and that's where all of my stories start. And I always like to say that if you uh, develop your characters enough, they start telling you their story. And that's mm. when you really, you, you, don't, you don't have to do the work anymore. You're just a vessel. Um, and uh, that's very much um, what happened with Jill. And so what was very important for me to set up before we get to that big twist, which initially this is, um, it's a double size. It's actually two issues combined into one. So the uh the like the issue out of issue one was the realization that this is actually you know a real life crime um and the the, the gory part that you're talking about this there's a, they find some human remains that they think are fake and then it turns out they're not fake uh and which is which is pretty gross um well but, but it's that, also play, it's played for the gore side but also for fun as well so like yes. i think that's great that that's a nice i love that tone that you're you're hitting i you have no idea how much i appreciate that because as i said in a previous interview which people may or may not have have spotted um this is the first time that i'm really putting on my comedy pants so okay good i'm 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 glad that the pants seem to fit um they 
they they don't always but i really worked hard on that aspect of this because comedy horror is like my favorite genre oh cool um, and getting to combine that with this coming of age um you know uh mystery story um was su was such a gift and i just want to do justice to it but to answer your question about the pacing um the the characters you needed to be invested in the characters before we got to the hook so most of the first issue is just really getting getting the readers involved in jill having them love jill understanding the relationship dynamics uh with her dad um with um, uh, Ginger, who is, you know, her kind of ex-best friend, almost girlfriend from back in the day. Um, and uh, and then this new girl, Clyde, who's come into the mix and kind of taken over her friend group. So it's, you know, it's getting everybody situated in this world uh, of Seligman, Arizona, which is a real town. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> it's this kind of... Um, it's 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 not abandoned. There's still people that live there, but it's a, it's an old Route 66 town. It's like the it, Binghamton uh, of the West in a lot. <laughs> it honestly, you drive through it, you won't see a single person, but you will see about twenty mannequins, fully dressed mannequins in storefronts, on storefronts. So like you'll it. see that mannequins appear a lot in the artwork and on the uh, on the covers. Oh, that's awesome. Do an homage to that town. So it's. I find it a totally fascinating place. Um, it like it's it's creepy and beautiful all at the same time, which are all the things that uh, that that I love. So it was a good home for this. So so yeah, in terms of pacing with the first issue, um, it's a, it's a lot of character, and you know you're introduced to all the people in this world that are going to become important. Um, but you know, pay attention because a lot of the things that you see in that first issue. I, God, I, I I forget who said this, but you know, in terms of story structure, um, if you know you want to you want to put your your characters up in a tree, right? And if there's a ladder that gets them down, you got to introduce that ladder in the first book, and it's there. So it's oh, not nice. just about you know introducing people to the characters in the world. There are there are elements of this case that these girls are going to use that they don't even know they're going to use that are introduced Ooh. in that. Version. That's great. Well, oh. One other thing I want to say about just. The, what you're laying out here is I feel like a lot of uh, books might say like, oh, she's new to town and then she gets involved in this. I right. love that she's coming back and she has to earn her way, fight her way back into her friend group. That hit very high school, very high school. And it hit a, per a personal like that specificity hits like personal memories in me anyway. of like, ah, I want to get that. My friends are mad at me. How do I get back in with them? And so oh, like that so specificity that. was that. I'm so glad to hear that because um, it was actually personal for me too. Um, I, uh, I I went to the same school almost all the way through, but there was one year in seventh grade where my mom, hi mom, everyone say hi to my mom, she's watching. Uh, <laughs> hi mom. Um, I moved with my mom to Pennsylvania for a year and then came back. Ooh. And I, I, and I had missed seventh grade, which if you're a girl, it's like the worst year to miss. Formative. It was like wow. eons had passed. And I was trying to catch up again. And like, people were mad at me. Like it was for leaving them. It was, it was a whole big yeah. thing. So I'm glad that that, that was, that struck a chord with you too. Cause that was personal for me. That's awesome. Uh, Pete, you were going to say something. Yeah. Well, first off, congratulations. This is awesome. A lot of times Thank when you, you get to the end of a book and there's that kind of big uh, reveal or kind of like moment, especially with the body part there. And I was just like, oh, shit, I'm all the way in now. Like, I oh, 
Yay! Uh, it did such a great job of kind of like raising All you the need is the severed and... foot, Pete. That's all you need. <laughs> Spoilers, Jesus! <laughs> we explain that to Pete. I'm me. working so hard. I'm usually the person it's blowing okay. the spoilers. It's okay. Guys, we're, we're not spoiling anything after book one. For, yes. Just so everyone knows, yeah. and in yeah. the first issue, you get two full books. Yeah, so we're not yeah. talking about anything beyond page twenty-four. Just so you know. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I was just um, was that one of those things where you kind of like write the ending first and then work your way back? Because I felt like you did such a great job of like full circle moment, like really kind of landed uh, uh, the ship there. So did did you? How how did you write this? Like, what was your uh, kind of like? Was it one of those things where you did the ending had a, a, a time and kind of wrote to that, or or how did you kind of uh, uh, do it? Well, I mean, the well, the first thing that happened was that little nugget of an idea. What if you got one of these murder mystery box games and it ended up oh, being okay? And that was um, just like the little nugget that I pitched to Oni because I had just uh, begun forming a relationship with them. Because as you guys know, I was an aftershock baby before they were the only people that had published me. So I was like, you know, I was I was really determined to to make myself known. And and Oni, you know, they entertained me. Um, so that was the first part of the idea. Then, um, came Jill as a character and developing her. And then, <laughs> then came the mystery, which was terrifying because I've, I've worked in on television shows that had overarching mysteries, but I was certainly not in charge of crafting them from start to finish. Um, and I also worked on a show called Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. So I oh. saw how you, you really do if when you're solving any sort of case, you have to start at the end and work your way back. So I had to, to decide who did this, how they did it, why they did it, and then work my way backwards in terms of the clues and how the girls were going to uncover this. Um, and then the next layer came their personal journeys, their arcs that I knew that I wanted to craft and, and, a lot of them, you know, overlap. A lot of these girls are dealing with some of the same things and they collide in various ways. So then making those emotional arcs part of the investigation so that they're not two separate things. It's not someone's having an emotional journey over here and then solving a case over here. Mm -hmm. The case itself and working together and the things that they discover are pushing their emotional arcs forward. And that honestly was probably the hardest part of crafting oh well, you killed it. Fire wall. Oh, thank you. And you guys haven't even gotten to the end yet. So don't tell me that. We'll see. So we far. retract. All of our comments were retracted. You have killed comments. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, was there any music influence here? And the reason I ask is because the title, Jill and the Killers, immediately makes oh, me think of like a band. Yeah. The cover a little bit looks like an album cover. Is that just coincidence or was that in the um, book at all are you just inherently badass or like <laughs> and then yes yeah there we go yeah i know they look like band hats don't they they do yeah. that's merch i'm very excited about these i know i got merch i'm bringing them to signings if you come to a signing you'll get a free hat Ooh. Wow. So that's, nice. that's, that's my incentive because I'm too insecure to think that people will just come to see my book. <laughs> if you get a hat, you'll come, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. That looks cool and warm. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it's funny. Little little trade secret, Um, since you guys are who you are. The original title for this book was Jill in the Box. Oh. This is, it's a direct 
kind of, it's an homage to and a subversion of the these same types of coming of age stories uh, from my youth that all had casts of boys for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. So you right, have yes. like the, the Goonies and Stand by mm-hmm. Me and Hardy Boys, right? Like and and um, Lord of the Flies was another like favorite of mine, mm. um, and Monster Squad. Oh. Uh, when I would, you know, when I was a kid, like fantasizing about putting myself into those stories, even though some of them, like, you know, it, they, they, they had a token girl. If there was a group of boys that decided on one girl to hang out with, it was not going to be me. Like that was, <laughs> I just so, um, you know, I wanted to make this a group of girls um, that are, you know, it's, it's very much, it's a very similar type of genre, um, but to make it easier for, you know, girls like me to imagine themselves in the story. So for that reason, all of the characters' names are the female part of male-female duos where the male name came first. So Jack and Jill, obviously. Uh, uh, Juliet is mom's name, Romeo and Juliet. Fred Astaire, mm-hmm. Ginger Rogers. We have Ginger. Ah, oh, awesome. Sunny and Cher, we have Cher. Oh. And, um, and then we have Clyde uh, of Bonnie and Clyde. Obviously, there's something different happening here, and that's because she's the character who comes in and shakes things up. So ah, we- oh, there is a lot of layers going on here. I, love I know. It. I, <laughs> I tried really hard. Also, you guys should know this book is like four years in the making, so I had a lot of time to do all of it. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the, so it was Jill in the Box. Jack in the box, right? Right, right. And right. then, like, uh, Oni was like, "Listen, Olivia, we appreciate all of this, like, feminist blah 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 that you keep telling us, <laughs> but it's not telling readers enough of what the book is about and where right. we want this book to sell." So finally, I was like, "Okay, guys, I'll get crunchy and commercial with you." And Jill and the Killers was something that I pitched to them, and I, knowing full well that it sounded like a band name. And also that people might assume that her friends are killers or that she is part of a killer. But I, I, I think that people get it. And I think that people yeah. are about it as a title. So, so yeah, that's where the title came from. But it's so funny now. And this is how things always work when it's the right choice. And Oni made the right choice. Um, I, I, I only know it as Jill and the Killers now. And that's all. Yeah, that of course. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's a hook. It's got a hook. That's what gets it in your hand. And it's right. Because. I mean, and this is a little tease, um, but this is not the the mystery that we get to solve in this first um, four book arc. Now that we combine the first two, um, it's it's not the only mystery that we can tell. There, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes, and there's a nice juicy cliffhanger at the end of the final book, which you know leads. You there's a lot more to be solved. There's a lot more killers. Yeah, uh, out it feels there. that way. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Um, and I really hope that readers love it because I could tell stories with these girls um, forever. They're, awesome. And awesome. and working with Roberta is a dream. I You guys. I mean, the know. arts. Uh, I mean, holy yeah. crap. It's yeah. all yeah, the it was, I mean, It really she, is. She allows me to, to do things with characters that you don't always get to do in comic books. And it's so important for teens because teenagers they don't always tell you what they're thinking or how they feel there's a lot that they keep hidden there's a lot that jill keeps hidden it's a huge part of her character but i would never get away with the amount of subtext that i get away with if roberta was not capturing the emotion um panel to panel so i got really lucky with her yeah it's a great looking book i did want to ask you about something that you mentioned earlier this also i think officially came out as news probably last week that you're doing the Faith the Winks 
saga yeah. graphic novel uh, that is continuing the canceled series. So it's sort of like <laughs> following up on the story or is it going yeah. between the scenes or how, how is that working time-wise? Um, so initially I think that they were just going to do a separate story because, um, you know, Maverick partnered uh, with Rainbow, who's the parent company of, um, of Winx and Winx Club um, before the Netflix show was canceled. So then when it was canceled, they thought, Oh, because there were, I don't know if you guys know, but there was a major campaign mm -hmm. to like save yeah. uh, Bait Winks and um, the fans were really upset. And so they decided that, okay, the graphic novels, it, that it'll be a continuation of the oh, Netflix. Wow. So um, it was kind of amazing because, you know, I work in TV as well, but I've never been given the opportunity to like, oh, hey, okay, we here's a show. Just take over and do whatever mm -hmm. you want with it from here. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it was like a little bit of uh, wish fulfillment without having to worry about budget at all. <laughs> fantastic, you know, when you're dealing with fairies and magic uh, and a magic school, um, yeah, you you do not want to be thinking about dollar signs. Um, so yeah, that and that was just like officially we announced it at New York Comic Con the book, but I know it was like it kind of officially hit the news just recently. Yeah, yeah, it, comic cycles are weird because people will announce stuff and then it gets announced again and it gets announced a third time. But yes, it keep well, announcing. Because of that, I was really unprepared for what happened, at least on Instagram. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a 40-year-old mom. Like, my posts get, like, two likes, and I'm like, yes, you know? But this, first of all, this post exploded. It's, like, almost at, like, 17,000 likes. There are so many comments, and it's just Winx fans fighting. Wow. Like, first it was like like a lot of like backlash, like who wants this, whatever, which of course I think is funny because like a lot of people wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Famous now Lisa. it's become this battle of like who are the bigger Winx fans, like the fake mm. Winx people or the Winx Club people. And I'm just like, wow. I'm watching all of this unfold and I'm like, wow, what have I stepped into? Because yeah. at this point I've only done, you know, creator owned my, mm -hmm. my, my own little, you know, independent projects. And now I'm stepping into IP territory and it's really fun. Are you, are you getting to know about all the ships and everything? Is that anything you're wading into at all? Or are you standing Oh my back? God, what do you mean ships? Uh, just... Alex, cool it, dude. Stay no, because comments. listen, I'll, I'll, full disclosure, like Stay I watched a couple comments. of episodes of the show, but I didn't keep up with it. But I know anything that has a diehard fan base, of course, people are going to be into shipping two characters together. I don't know which ones, so I can't. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. okay. Um, I missed the boat. Okay, this is like too many I missed the boat on one of them because I didn't know that fans were really, really hungry for um, a love affair between um, Stella and Beatrix. Okay. Um, and I especially didn't get that. Beatrix died at the end of season two. <laughs> so I didn't think that people would still be looking for that. Um, but they are. Right. So there might be a way that I can service that now that I know Ooh. that that's that's wanted oh interesting um if the books continue and judging by look i again i don't know anything 40 year old mom here but judging by the just the amount of likes that the first post got i would say that that's that's boating pretty well for <laughs> yeah, um yeah. you know another another arc because we did two and that's kind of like a full arc so the first book is coming out this year i think the second book's coming out next year um but yes i uh i'm i picked up a relate there's two relationships that i kind of uh picked up and shepherded 
from little nuggets of the second season. And one of them is Tara and Kat, because Tara had come out of the closet in season two. Um, so that was really fun. And I was able to give that relationship and the issues that we're dealing with um, something directly from my personal life and uh, a romantic yeah. that I was dealing with, which was really nice and cathartic. And then another relationship that I was able to, um, to kind of run with is Riven and Musa who are just very sexy characters in their own right. They're so like tough. Get it together, I said. So yeah, I did. Awesome. I love it. Right. Uh, Olivia, this is great. Very excited about all the wig stuff. More excited about the Jill and the yes. Killers stuff. And I can't we wait to see how that series turns out. Yes, we saw some absolutely. time for this one. But yes, Jill and the Killers comes out tomorrow. And yeah. Um, I will be uh, signing books at Collector's Paradise uh, in NoHo for those of you um, in the North Hollywood area um, nice. at five o'clock. And uh, this weekend, I will be at Universal City Walk um, from four to six, signing books at Things from Another World and at Golden Apple uh, from eleven to one earlier that day. Yeah, Golden um, Apple. So yeah, come by if you want your book signed and um, and hit me up. I, I want to know what people think. So I'm at yeah. Olivia C. Briggs. I'm moderately terrified, but please, you know, tell me. What <laughs> <laughs> I, I do hope you read the comments. We know that. So. I do. I do. Something there. I'll probably have to stop. Um, but for now, I I, I read them because I'm I'm morbidly curious. Right. <laughs> oh boy, awesome! Great. And if you go to the awesome. signing, you'll get a free hat as well, right? Yes. Well, okay. This is within this, reason. I assume. It's while supplies last. While supplies last. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I only ordered uh, 200, and my kids have already stolen a bunch for their friends. I don't even know how many I have left. Oh, no. <laughs> You're gonna find like five. I only have five. Friends, my children have. Uh, awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Great congrats. Again. Thanks, congrats on everything. Great to see you. Great book. You too. Yeah, thank you. Book. All right. There we go. Ooh, there we go. Uh, I clicked the wrong thing. Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hi. Uh, okay, there we go. The book is called Jill and the Killers. It's as called you mentioned. Killing <laughs> it. Just really crushing that, the the that interview. It. Absolutely. You're We've been doing You're interviews saying. for years, and in no way. There's a lot of, a lot of windows up. You're down here, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Tech? Oh, I'm getting old. All you gotta do is get your beer to connect with your mouth. Like, that's not. <laughs> sometimes. I don't know that Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyway, Jill McKillers is out January 31st, which is tomorrow as we're taping, as we're broadcasting here from Oni Press. Definitely check it out because it's awesome. And why don't we bring yes, in our final do. guest of the evening, another returning guest. Very excited to talk to him about this absolutely wild project coming out from Top Shelf. Yes. Mary Tyler Moorhawk. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Baker. Dave, hello. Thank you for your patience. Thanks for coming on the show. So excited to talk about this. So this is coming out, I believe, February 14th. It's a perfect valentine's day present for your sweetheart <laughs> make sure to give it to them uh man i love this book uh this is i mean you've done some very interesting off the beaten path projects this is on another level entirely i think uh it correct me if i'm wrong about any of these details but basically it creates this alternate reality show called Mary Tyler Moorhawk that's sort of an adventure show. And you get to see that through graphic novel pages. But at the same time, we follow somebody who is searching out the history 
and creation of this show in a very behind the scenes tell all expose not biography but like true life yeah. story as they're searching for the creator of mary tyler moorhawk dave baker um lots of balls in the air as you're doing something like yeah. this where do you start with a project like this like what is the initial genesis when you're sitting down to craft something like this uh where did this begin uh I it's been so long I don't even know I don't even know <laughs> I think the I think the rough idea was a like years and years and years ago I had this idea to do a book that would be the joke would be they would all be unproduced screenplays of a series finale to a show that never got to end so it would be like <laughs> nine screenplays eat and the book would be called series finale the series and it would be a joke like fake deep dive into this television show that existed in the future where it was supposed to be a show that was going to wrap up all of these unfinished TV shows and each script wow. I would write full episodes of the final episodes of all these TV shows. Wow. And then I got like four episodes in and I was like, you know, it'd be funnier if I just took this one specifically mm -hmm. and made it into a comic. And that was Mary Tyler Moorhawk. And I started then just making a comic. And then from there, it was supposed to just be like an eight page insert in that idea. And then it turned into a story about a guy. Cause as you, as you said, like the book is half comic, half, uh, half prose novel and the comic you're reading eventually gets adapted into a TV show that only lasts for nine episodes. And then we're reading all these prose expert excerpts and journals and zine entries. It's like a, an epistolary piece by a guy a hundred years in the future. Who's also named Dave Baker. Who's obsessed with the TV show. And then he discovers that he has the same name as the guy who made the show. And this sends him off on a weird meta textual fandom nightmare quest to try and meet this person. Wow. <laughs> So given that there are multiple Dave Bakers in this book, where is the real Dave Baker? In that? Like how much, yeah. how, how much of yourself yeah. did you put in here? I, I guess well, Dave so, Baker. so there's, there's two answers to that question. You ready? This will be the kayfabe answer, right? We'll just pretend like nobody can hear the other parts of this, but so yeah. So I just opened the door and there was a package on my front door and I just opened it up and there were all these pages. And then I compiled them together and submitted them to, to Top Shelf and they published it. And now this book is, exists and I didn't have to draw it at all. Somehow it got here from the future. I don't know how that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. And wow. end of interview. Thanks so and much. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other component of it is uh, that's like the, the, that basically is the opening of the book is you're reading like an essay from me detailing how all of that happened and I didn't draw the book. These are all pages from that old Dave Baker in the distant future. And he shipped them back to me in the present. And that's what's been published. Um, why I am I doing this to myself? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, thought, it was, I thought it was funny like one time. And then I just continually. <laughs> but let me say, that's what it feels like. And, and there's so, it's very gratifying to be reading this future thing that is also old. Something yeah. that I feel like comics fans love. Like, we love the future, but we also love, like, newsprint and the old comics. So, like, you managed to have both in this, which is awesome. But I want to talk about the, the art style. How'd you yeah. land on this, like, sort of hyper-detailed, uh, monochromatic-ish uh, color palette? 
Well, I think it's very flattering that you aren't assuming that this is the only way I can draw and that it was a <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's beautiful. I will say, I mean it like it's beautifully done, and the yeah. intricacy of it is what I really keyed into. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of like Franco-Belgian stuff, like Hergé and Tintin. Uh, actually, I lived in France for a while earlier this year and went to the Hergé Museum in Belgium, mm -hmm. and it was like, it was like my version of going to Mecca. Like it was, it was amazing. It was so fun, and seeing those original pages, like you know just standing there with my nose against them being like, Oh my God, look, you can see he erased the nose like four times. Um, wow. So the answer is, is I love, I love Erge and Katsuhiro Otomo and Jeff Darrow. And so it's just like a soup of everything. Doug Wildey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a soup of everything that I love. I tried to put it together in a package of something. Someone at some point might think is interesting. <laughs> well, well, what about the design of the main character then? Because she, she very much stands out from everything else in terms of her simplicity. And of course 100%. it's important to capture her and make her an intriguing character in the middle of all these text pages in the middle of all these wild visuals. So what went into that creation? Yeah. So I'm obsessed with uh, boy adventure, girl adventure, the, the whole genre as a whole, like Hardy boys, Nancy drew Trixie Belden, mm -hmm. Torchy lane, all that stuff. And I think the thing that's really interesting about that genre is that the, the main wish fulfillment that they're selling is that there's nothing wrong with childhood. And in fact, children are aware of things that the adults can't perceive. Like you, there, it's really like perception porn is what those that whole genre oh, is man. selling. You know, like even just like when you think about, you know, the covers by Rudy Nappy to all those classic 50s and 60s Nancy Drew Hardy Boys covers, they're always just looking, you know, that's like, it's Nancy Drew, and she's looking somewhere. It's Frank and Joe Hardy, and they're looking somewhere. And uh, those... that's such a great observation. Because the thing because sort of my key into those books when I was a kid was like, look, they're just paying attention. Like I do all the yeah. time, but nothing happens in my life. <laughs> but they yeah, totally. Them. Yeah. And I think that there's like, there's those books are selling a wish fulfillment of that. Like childhood has an innate awareness and an innate goodness in it that you lose as you age. And, you know, of course, we as adults are aware of the complexity of, of existence and the, the push and pull of compromises that come with maturity. But as a smaller person, as a younger person, the adult world seems so just like weirdly complicated like it doesn't need to be that complicated like old man miller down the lane is selling dogs you know <laughs> <laughs> and and i so i wanted to try and represent that idea that mtmh is just like somebody who is inherently good and not because it's the right thing to do but that's because and that's innately who she is and so i used the circle motif of you know her head is a circle her ears are two circles and her buns are two circles to represent that a because um you know humans are drawn to circular things because we are predisposed to try and take care of our and nurture our young and you know their their heads are circular in form but also you I'm see that two I'm circles <laughs> but you see I that do. you see that motif throughout like design in everywhere you know that that's the reason the oval office is round and not square so you can't have an emotional place to hide you know that's they that's the reason why it was designed that way so there would be yeah. no escaping the view of the it used to actually be a square and the president would hide in the corner most of the time and yeah. they'd never find him so eventually yeah. they they smoothed it out they smoothed it yeah out. 
yeah. Uh, I I just wanted to say I don't really have a question, but uh, you know we read comics a lot and and talk about great comics, but artistically, just uh, opening this comic, uh, what washed over me was just so powerful and specific and amazing that I just wanted to say thank you. I don't know like how long it took or how agonizing all those details, but I just wanted to say thank you, man, because like being, uh, it was such a joy to open up and to kind of uh, dive into this insane world that I, I just wanted to kind of say thanks, man. Dude, you don't even know what that means to me. Like oh. the thing that's so, somebody asked me a little while ago, maybe like a couple days ago, you know, do I feel, cause this is not me being big headed. I'm in fact, criminally self-effacing but like the book has been getting a positive response it got a starred review from publishers weekly i got compared to david foster fucking wallace like <laughs> it, i i am not claiming that i mean i would like to be that's cool i love him as a writer yeah. but you know um but somebody asked me the other day like does it feel like you've made it and i'm like no not at all but it, what it does feel like is a narrowly avoided near-death experience coupled with a birthday cake <laughs> Because I, I, I genuinely mean this. Like that's really funny. Like everybody passed on this book, and I understand a hundred percent why they passed on it. You know, my agent took it out. Everybody said no. I personally went and pitched it like fifteen different places. Everybody wow. said no, and I totally get it. It's non-commercial. It's weird. There's not a lot of things like it. Hundred percent, no harm, no foul. But Chris Staros, the publisher of fucking Top Shelf Comics, read this thing and was like, you know what? This thing's either going to be huge or a massive failure, but I think we should try it. Let's see what oh, happens. That's so nice. And that's I think so that nice. that's just, I just think the world of him, I th I'm so incredibly, incredibly grateful because if we were living in the alternate universe where MTMH didn't get published, I would be a little upset. Just a little because it took like five years to make this thing. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. you can see the time in it. And yeah. let me make a sort of more uh, commercial comparison to try to um, speak to people who uh, maybe don't uh, don't know the references you are making as much. Like this feels like what you graduate into after you are an Umbrella Academy fan. Oh, like, wow. if you like Umbrella Academy, this feels like the more like, oh, I'm ready to move into something that has like even bigger ideas, more complexity, and is, is mashing up different things. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, oh, sorry, go for it. No, no, no. I was just going to bring up a question from the comments. This is over on YouTube. Derek is wondering why Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is I forget it's a pun most of the time. Um, <laughs> Because frankly, like I like Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. um, but I just have like a giant list of pun names, and for whatever reason, Mary Tyler Moorehawk just I thought that was funny, and now four years later, here I am, and it's a very common question. People are like, "So what? What about this is referential to Mary Tyler Moore?" The answer is nothing. <laughs> it's a great name. It's just a funny. It's just a funny name that I thought would be cool, and uh, I love saying funny names. I, I mean, I think there's a certain level, like you're saying, having read the book. I don't think it really has anything to do with Mary Tyler Moore. But if you wanted to plumb into it a little bit, this is talking about television history. Mary Tyler Moore is a cornerstone of television history, so at least it gets you thinking in that direction potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much beret throwing in this. <laughs> it is, uh, just epic. yeah yeah that's the uh that's the uh that's the next the next arc is she's gonna have her like odd job 
era yeah, exactly. when he's murdering people <laughs> with a razor. <laughs> Beret, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I will say that's yeah. actually one of the things that Chris Staros asked me. You know, he was very complimentary. He was very like this. You know, I sent him the PDF, and he was like, "This, it's very apparent you put a lot of work into this." But I have two questions. One, is Mary Tyler Moore in this or related to this in any way? <laughs> because we don't want to deal with lawsuits. And I was like, "No, she's not at all." And he was like, second thing, the ears, Mickey Mouse." And I was like, "No." <laughs> No, no, just the same <laughs> circular principle of design has nothing to do with Mickey Mouse. And he was like, okay, cool. Well, but again, same thing, right? Like, it's yep. hard to look at Mary Tyler Moorhawk without thinking about Mickey Mouse. And it is all this stew of television ideas that you're playing with at the same time. Also, uh, same thing, Chris Staros, great name. <laughs> is right? it real? Wow. Nobody knows. Are we developing Maybe a conspiracy are. theory right now? <laughs> yeah. What are we pulling together? Yeah. Uh, I also noticed, and I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler. I think it's not probably an Easter egg, but you snuck a Halloween boy in there at one point. Are there other Easter eggs for other works of yours in the book? hundred percent. Yes. There's many. Um, (laughs) I I am very impressed that you saw Halloween boy. Uh, Very, very impressed. Um, That's mostly because I kind of just assume that no one has ever... (laughs) No one's ever really paying attention, so I'm always just like, yeah, then I'll put this reference in here, and I'll be the only one who knows it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's in there, and also uh, there's a bunch of characters from the Moorhawk Institute for Increasing Tomorrows that are in Halloween Boy. Um, Primarily Dreeb Lazenby. The uh, mm-hmm. head head handed psionic secret agent who may or may not be the illegitimate son of George Lazenby. Just saying, George Lazenby, great, right? I wanted to ask you a question. This is a little bit off of this, but I wanted to ask you a question about your overall bibliography, I guess we'd call it. So you've got this book, Mary Tyler Moorhawk, that we've been talking about right now. You've got A Halloween Boy that we mentioned. You've got Fuck Off Squad, is another one of your books. And then you also have Star Trek Voyager 7's Reckoning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how how does that fit in? How did how did that happen in particular? I'm a I don't know if you were aware of this, but I'm a massive Star Trek fan. Like a okay. huge, like so big that like I went to the Skirball in 2020 when they had their massive retrospective of all, all the costumes in the set. I went to the San Diego convention or not uh, the San Diego Museum that's associated with SDCC when they had their Star Trek exhibition, only to see Gene Roddenberry's computer. Because I had seen everything else that they had in there. <laughs> but I was like, I gotta see his computer. I gotta oh, see it. Awesome. Wow. So I'm a I'm a massive Trek fan. Um, and in terms of how it fits in, I don't know. I mean, I guess how does how does you know how does the the Masters of the Universe uh, Beast Man one shot that Kevin or uh, uh, fucking Kirkman and Tony Moore did fit into their work on Walking that, Dead. I don't know. Comics are hard. Right. People are trying to pay rent, but also we that was a weird. Just yeah. say yes. So let me ask yeah. you then, as a Trek fan, what is your current like? Uh, what are you liking in the current expanding Trekverse? Dude, so this is okay. One, I love Strange New Worlds. Uh, I love, I love uh, everything that they're doing with that show. I can't wait for the next season fantastic but recently i've been i I need that i need that high so i've been doing i've been watching all the fan stuff have you guys seen star trek new voyages or star trek continues no no bro oh my god this is a whole this is a whole (laughs) 
Let me just say the short pitch is cast your mind back to 2005. There's an Elvis impersonator, a professional Elvis impersonator named James Colley. He's unmarried. He has no children, but he makes a lot of money impersonating Elvis. So what does he do? He wants to live out his inner fantasy of being Jim Kirk. So he spends $300,000 to build an actual screen accurate replica of the Enterprise Bridge, gets a bunch of nerds together and films fully completed episodes of the original series using the original music cues, new special effects, and a bunch of the original actors, Walter Koenig, (laughs) Nichelle Nichols, George Yes, They all come back and they they film, they made a movie called Star Trek Gods and Monsters, I think? Gods and Men? I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's a two and a half hour feature film. And then they made 10 episodes of Star Trek, the original series, where James Cawley is our boy, Jim Kirk, and then all, varying other people play the characters because it's they filmed it over like 15 years. But there's an episode where uh, it's called To Serve All My Days, written by DC Fontana, the classic Star Trek screenwriter. And it was wow. written to, specifically to get Walter Koenig to fly to upstate New York, bring it thematically full circle. Oneonta? Uh, Ticonderoga <laughs> is where they shoot it. Ticonderoga. Close. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh the the episode is what if uh what if Chekhov gets hit by a radiation ray and starts aging rapidly so they have a young the actor from the fan series and then walter koenig wearing a wig being like oh I'm my so god old. <laughs> and the finale of the episode is he sits down on the bridge of the enterprise and turns to to jim kirk and kirk is like Chekhov, we need you to fly the delta six maneuver can you do it and he's like Yes, Captain, being super old. And you can just see James Cawley, like, vibrating. He's like, Walter Koenig called me Captain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard of this. I love that this question came up. Uh, this is unbelievable. How good of an Elvis impersonator do you have to be to make 300K to throw Dude, into a project? Bass, to apparently. Make, to make it even better? This isn't the end of the story because one of the directors of Star Trek New Voyages has a falling out with James Cawley midway through the run, leaves with like half the crew. They build their own set in South Carolina and then they make (laughs) 10 episodes of their own show, which I hate to say this. I'm sorry, James, if you're listening. I love you. You're the best. It's even better. It's so <laughs> oh, and, you know, how is this not a doc? This is a huge that's what I'm saying. Yes, it's called amazing. Star Trek Wars. <laughs> yeah, yes, love it. It's so oh, good. It's great. so good. Uh, well, listen, Dave, thanks for coming on to talk about your Star oh, Trek fan show. We appreciate that. <laughs> thanks uh, I don't know if there was anything mind. else you were here to discuss, but that's yeah, mostly yeah, what definitely. I'm going to take away from this. Uh, Matt no. Townsend says, Dave, you're off message. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, to get it back on message, though, Mary yeah. Tyler Moorhawk, coming out yeah, February 14th. This book is so absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Congratulations on it. I can't wait for people to read it for david foster wallace uh, probably well he's not he's that. dead but yeah yeah he's i wish dead, so uh that's not gonna happen but yeah, uh, there's know, a slot there's an opening there's yours. an opening to be the next yours, one we, we're both named dave i mean hmm? you're halfway there or you're a third i don't live that far from pomona here's what you do take three hundred thousand dollars you yeah. build your own david foster wallace cave in your garage no no then... no see alex what it is is i i spend three hundred dollars 
$300,000 building a bandana, like a, just the bandana <laughs> and the long haired dick. And that's just it. And it's just me yeah. being like sweaty, being like, oh, I don't know, like the human condition. I don't know. It's like fucked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you have one piece of paper that says infinite jest too. And that's it. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Infinite jest, still jesting. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Dave, great seeing you again. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Congrats book, on man. the book. Thank it's you. Thank you for having you. me. All right. There we go. Once uh, again, that was man. Dave Baker. The book is Mary Tyler Moorhawk. <laughs> like we mentioned, it's absolutely phenomenal. Really, so, definitely pick it up February 14th. You got to pick it up. Maybe not a great Valentine's Day present, but just a great present for yourself to get. So there you yeah, go. the thing you do on Valentine's Day, get a present for yourself. <laughs> get a present for yourself. That's hey. the most ballsy move you could ever do on Valentine's Day. <laughs> roll in with a gift for yourself. All right. Here's a gift for me. We are going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your Woo-hoo. audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question in the comments. On Facebook, YouTube, X, Twitter, or Twitch. And we'll get to them. They can be about absolutely anything. Uh, but first, what are you guys drinking this evening? Justin, dregs of wine? Uh, yes. Clearly, you've read the comments. I drank a lovely uh, Negroni mm. uh, with dry vermouth instead of sweet. Sort of a lighter Negroni. And then I was drinking some red wine mm. to follow up. Pete? Hey, give me. Oh, I am, uh, you know, Landshark. Knock, knock. Landshark. Who's there? Yeah. It's Landshark. Yeah. And I'm just water tonight. Just some water. You what? okay, buddy? I had a bad cold again yesterday, so still. Recovering. What do you have, one day cold? I have, yeah, I have kind of like one day colds. So there you go. Man. Just your immune system. Strong. <laughs> uh, or... Weak, very weak, and then quite strong. <laughs> All right. What are You're we like the on? Hulk. You're like Banner Hulk. Banner Hulk. Banner Hulk. Banner Hulk. Except mostly better. Let's be honest. Why don't we move on to a question here? This is from Stray Bullet. How's Pete's need wall coming along? Nerd wall. How's his nerd wall coming along? Pete, what's the update? Uh, it looks empty. Well, are you looking well, at comics? There, there are all these boxes and that they're all empty over here because I've got comics spread everywhere because I'm alphabetizing, putting things into, uh, you know, their own, you know, like all my Spider-Man comics in one box. And, you know, so it's uh, it's a lot to go through. So it's at different stages of insanity right now. Nice. Do you leave the house ever? You have a new house, obviously, and it sounds like you're... Yeah, I go on uh, walks and, you know, go to the grocery store and stuff like that, you know, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, but you got you to sleep hang in my every room, right? Family. You're going to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah eventually. I, get, I can't move in this room anymore because it's all comics, but. <laughs> oh, best place to sleep. Put your head down on a lovely oh, you don't want a to, stack yeah, you don't, of Wolverine. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. That's you are surrounded. Oh, my God. Oh, my it God. You're like the comic book shop that uh, Nat Towson shops in and she sends pictures to our Patreon Slack. Yeah, exactly. Pete's House, a.k.a. Oops All Comics. <laughs> Oops All Comics. <laughs> Oops All Comics. Uh, another impossible question here from Scheuchler. Uh This is his weekly thing. What are your favorite examples of completely unofficial fan productions? Not, not impossible, but... Hard to track those down, I guess, in general. Uh, what was that that Spider-Man fan film that came out recently from a bunch of racists and they were really racist and then they did it anyway and it was really bad? That one. That's the one you uh, love? Spider-Man wow. Lotus. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I got very close 
to uh, doing a shot-for-shot remake of the movie Willow set in Brooklyn where we just sort of like made it up in a a scene-by-scene basis. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Pete, you got an answer? It would have been. We should have done (laughs) Uh, Dirty Laundry. Oh, oh, that is actually the best. Yeah, answer. that's a very good answer. All right, what do we have there? Uh, this is another one for Straight Bullet. I'm opening a restaurant. Menu will change all the time. What's a dish you'd like to see on one of the six courses? Oh, my God. Ooh, we have so much control here, I feel like. Well, oh, and let's shout, let's shout out officially, uh, Straight Bullet, our official chef. Straight Bullies! Opening a restaurant, his uh, first, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's uh, his first restaurant where he is literally like is doing the whole thing it's called wild south in new orleans get to it when as soon as it's officially open uh, yeah everything that i've eaten that this man has touched has been like the greatest thing his his chef skills are just unbelievable well Pete, let's start with you then, because he made a unique meal for you is there anything off of that menu that would you want to see on the menu? I just all of it. Um, but I do. I I love his uh, palate for spice. Like he likes to. Uh, he has a great kind of sense of spiciness. So I would love to see because it's New Orleans. I would love to kind of see some kind of uh, something with shrimp that's got a little kick to it or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like spicy buffalo shrimp or something like that. Like the not not that, place. but no. This guy's a real fucking chef, man. Don't you dare yeah, bring I'd like up to see like some tater skins or jalapeno poppers. Give us, like give us that respectable gar- garbage plate. What? Give yeah. What about that... like a like an app platter? You know, like got a couple of different apps on it, so you don't have to choose and you can share with the. You, table. you know, this started out nice and you ruined it. <laughs> this man is living his dream. He's doing something that's unbelievable, and you're just fucking. A My dream is to have an app platter pretty much every day. And, I mean, I'll tell you what, I know that's true. That is true. Alex's that's dream is to have like uh, sh- sh- coconut shrimp, hush puppies, and tater tots <laughs> at every meal he can get. And I'm making it happen. I got a new job and I'm very close. I'm on Burger King's mailing list now. So Ooh. it's really working out. Yeah, that's that's a downward spiral. That's I got an email today from McDonald's. They were like, hey, did you hear the news about the hamburger? And I was like, Everything's in my favor currently. Alex, you're <laughs> just saying beige flags back to back. So you're, you're, I got an email from Burger King is what you were just bragging about. What's happening? What's the opposite of a Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, e- email from Burger King, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is a question from Derek, maybe a question for Stray. What alcohol should be used for the CBC drinking game? This is something that's being discussed over in YouTube in the comments a little bit. Everybody's very surprised. We don't have an official drinking game. I feel like we did years ago. Yeah. Am I crazy about that? I feel like. No, no, there was. Yeah. Back when we were doing it live, uh, in the black box theater. Yeah. And it was. Anytime Pete had a secret Punisher quiz, we would just drink. <laughs> no, I thought it was anytime I swore you would drink. Um, anytime Alex said something that was piffy. And then when Justin did his kind of like, you know, oh, quick fast leak. explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast explanation of nonsense. Uh, but what alcohol should be used? I'd say like some sort of banana liqueur so I could use and get tight bananas. 
disgusting. Yeah. Well, first off, shout to the previous question, Derek Mainhar, and uh, a course called uh, Crazy Type Bananas. Definitely a uh, great uh, end of meal course. <laughs> a super tiny uh, flavor intense bananas. I think, I mean, really, it should be tequila shots, I think, for tequila or any sort of drinking game. Yeah. Wow, you just want people to get fucked up. <laughs> I'm not trying to. That just feels like the most. You can't do. What other shot are you going to do? Well, it doesn't have to be shots, you know. And with the drinking game, you can just, you know, chug a beer. There's other things you can do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A land shark, maybe. Pete, mm-hmm. you you seem to have that around. I have Shuggle. a lot of it. A plethora. Shuggle complete land shark. Uh, Michael Eamon says, whenever Justin wears a scarf, Jello shot. <laughs> Watch out. That'll get you. Dude, this scarf game is uh, ridiculous. Next question. In the spirit of orange flavor, what are your favorite alt comics? I think I mentioned this when we were talking about it, but Raw, back in the day when like Art Spiegelman was doing it, I remember, I have an issue somewhere on my shelf, but picking that up at Forbidden Planet, and it just blowing my mind in terms of, wait, you can do this in comics? This is entirely different from everything that I expected, and it really opened a whole new world, honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that I have. I feel very disconnected from the alt comic scene these days. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had like friends who made zines and stuff like that that I would like to read. And then, how about you know, Pete's comic that Pete was doing for a while? There you go. Yeah. There was that. Um, yeah. I shout I, it out, I, Pete. Tell us what it is. Is it still out? Is it still online at all? No, no, no. Astronaut Jones? What was that? Captain Jones. Captain Jones. Okay. Um, It's not that different. That was pretty close. He is in space. It was in space. It was in space. (laughs) He is an astronaut. Yeah. Technically. Well, he's more of a space pirate, but okay. (laughs) You should put it back online. Put it back online. The people demand it. Uh, why don't we do one last one here? This oh, uh, actually we have yeah, two trouble. more. Uh, from Stanley, any new show review podcasts coming? Um, not currently. We're talking about some stuff, so we'll see. But we do have our Marvel and DC podcast. We're rebooting those back up. I didn't realize we hadn't done the DC podcast since like September or something. So yeah. we're going to do those more regularly. And then Invincible is coming Someone hasn't in seen Aquaman yet. Yes, we're going to do Aquaman. We'll do Aquaman. We got to do Aquaman. Um, we are talking about doing a, looking back at a show on Netflix that we haven't touched yet um, and doing a full. Banks. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, Shouts to that. I would definitely do that. Uh, and doing a full uh, watch down of that. But the one I'm excited about that we have coming up is we're going, to, I won't say exactly, but we're going to do a draft. We're going to do a draft uh, coming up here that's going to be very exciting. Yeah, there we go. Uh, good tease. Yeah, nice Edward tea. Doherty says, what's the second hand, what's the best second hand comic book purchase or find you've made? Hmm. Ooh, Good interesting question. Secondhand. I mean, I bought a bunch of very old, <clears throat> excuse me, Jughead comics uh, uh, years ago that I have come to really enjoy. Um, there was, and I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but I, oh God, I don't, I don't remember who gave this to me, and I know that's very rude, but somebody for the show, maybe it was Aaron and John, and if I'm getting it wrong, sorry, but sent me the Del Close comics. 
Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wasteland. That's the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't buy it, but that was pretty neat. Huh. Um, And, oh, last but not least, let's take this one from Nat. Are there any stories from Krakoa, from the Krakoa era, that you could recommend to someone out of context? Oof. Nope. Tough. (laughs) Oof. Uh, The only one that maybe I'd recommend is Uncanny Spider-Man just because we love that and you don't need a ton of context. All the context is in the book to understand yeah. what's going on. Um, so, so yeah, you can definitely check that out. Otherwise somebody was asking me the other day, they were like, Hey, what do I actually need to read? Because I kind of want to catch up before these final books and not much. You need to read like fall of X house of X from Hickman you yeah. should probably read Sins of Sinister and then well, in here's or, the thing. I, I, or I agree I agree with you, Alex. I know what you're gonna say, Pete. Just wait till the end and you can have your slag off. But I the Sins of Sinister, I think, is going to be important, but it keeps getting more confusing. Yes. And like honestly, there we're gonna talk about some comics in the stack this week that are going to be even more confusing. And that's fine. But I think that points to the the real clue, I think, is read Jerry Dugan stuff. The Dugs. He's, he's I think, the secret spine of this era. Right Except now. it's also, like, if you want to go for that, if you're like, okay, you got to read all of X-Men and Invincible Iron Man, then you also need to read everything that Kieran Gillen is doing on Immortal X-Men and everything else, because those are the two things that are heading together. And to make it easier... I really think, like, you read Fall of X, House of X, you read Inferno from Hickman, and then you can jump right ahead to these final books. Uh, oh, it's Sins of Sinister, final books, you're fine. You'll be a little lost, but you're going to be lost anyway. Well, that's the thing, is I think you're going to be lost anyway. I would say something to read that I really enjoyed that would work out of context, I think, is Children of the Vault, the Cable Bishop uh, story, which I really liked. Um, But we're getting to the point where it's either all folding in continuity stuff or last chance to take a continuity and tell a weird story about it. So I I was going to bring up this. I was going to bring up this comment from Tarek where he says, so your question, all of them. Absolutely not. That's skipping like 30 different titles, including all of the ongoing X-Men book and everything else. You could just pick it up from these little snippets of events. There's a lot of stuff that I liked in there, but really, if you want to speed ahead, you just need to read those initial miniseries, two other miniseries, and you're good to go. Yeah. I also like Realm of X. Good stuff. There's lots of good stuff in there. Anyway. All right. Why don't we move on to our next section? We said Pete was going to have last word on that. Pete? Uh, Well, that's the nice thing about comic books is, uh, you know, sometimes when, uh, uh, you know, some things aren't going your other way, there's other areas that you can just dive into and explore and enjoy yourself and wait. You can just wait for it to you know things happen and then pick it up and start reading and you don't have to know about the insane stuff that happened beforehand here's the thing you you don't actually need to read any of this like you could just stop reading comics at any point right i I think being surrounded by not what i'm saying you can just be surrounded by comics go outside calmer i think that the it's like a hug that was the calmest answer he could have said about (laughs) x-men yeah you're being hugged by comics 
Well, anyway, I'm being hugged by trivia, which is our next section. Take it away, Pete. Woo! All right. This is the part we give back to you, a lovely audience. We really appreciate you listening and supporting. Uh, it's an opportunity to win $25 free Midtown Comics online. Um, yeah, we just need a volunteer, and then you win $25 free. Uh, pretty sweet. And then you just go over to Midtown Comics and uh, cash it out. You know what I mean? Get yourself <laughs> some fun stuff to read. Yeah. yeah or, out. you know, just like throw it away because you're not going to read comics anymore because, like, who needs them? Uh, that's Alex not what Scott. I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. And don't come at me. You quit comic. You know what I mean? Like, you got to a point where you're like, I'm not fucking reading this. You know what I mean? Like, it happened to you, too. So don't that's be true. a fucking I have never it. stopped reading comics. Once I started, it's been a lifelong crippling addiction. Okay? <laughs> you guys bailed at times. Yeah, I bailed when I learned about dating, and then I stopped dating, and I started reading comics again. Why did <laughs> like, you? Well, what what care did it this. take for you to learn about dating? Did you take a <laughs> class? Well, how did that work? Yeah, I finally got to the issue of X Men where two people were dating each other, and I was like, "What? You You're can like, do that? Rogue is gonna kiss Gambit and suck his life out. I want that." Yeah, uh, we got a. Uh, I think Michael Emond is volunteering. Yeah, it's hard so. to say. I think Easy Reader said me, and Michael Eamon said him. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, Michael, do you want to do it? Yeah, Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Confusing. Because Michael maybe hasn't done it. Yeah, I don't think so. Boop. It's hard to keep track. Pete, ch- let's check the trivia database. Boop. Yeah, you keep. Okay, track. Michael's in. All right, here we go, Michael. All right, today's trivia is on the top get-you-in-the-feel moments in comics and a small nod to the legend, Lynn Marta, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, question number one. According to CBR, what was the number seven most heartbreaking moment in comics? Was it A, Walking Dead number 100, Glenn dies, spoiler, B, Julius Randall hurting his shoulder in the fourth quarter, or C, Arthur Rosenberg, a Bergie reference. <laughs> Another great setup from the star of trivia. Oh, Even man. Those. That's been there the entire time. That battle. All right, A is correct. All right, here we go. Question number two. Truth. What was the number eight on the list? Was it A, when your parents fight, B, Kitty Pride sacrificing herself, or C, Sarah Jessica Parker? When your parents fight? <laughs> Man, there's nothing that makes you cry more, you know what I mean? You would cry when your parents would fight? You didn't? Uh, you would just start crying? That would that would uh, make it more intense, I bet. Yeah. B is correct. All right. Uh, <laughs> must add nice parents. Anyway, question number three. This number, is therapy, sort of. <laughs> uh, that this whole show is. Question number three. Number five on the list was one of my favorites. Was it A, the Flashpoint letter? B, what's the name of the lion who is great at bringing you stuff? C, Leo Getter. <laughs> wow. A rare <laughs> setup. Set up punchline. I feel like someday a future society will look back and Pete will be the William Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's well, dropping Leo Getter. <laughs> what was great was our last guest was talking about how much he loves names. I was like, dude, that's my whole deal, bro. Eliza Dushku, <laughs> come out. Flashpoint uh, letter so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's right. Hey, there we go. Congratulations. Hey, hey congratulations, Michael. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email and we will get that off to you. Pete, what is the secret movie? Of course, we're talking about the 1984 monster Footloose. Mm. Now, your feet are going to have to get loose if you're going to make your way over to the comic book store to pick up all the new comics that are out this week, unless you give them up like I have. But what are you guys looking forward to? (laughs) It's coming out. Pete? I'm looking looking forward to the Incredible Hulk number eight, a surprise to nobody, as well as Batman and Robin annual number one and Batman Offworld number three. Mm, Wow. That week for you. Yeah. He eaten up all the Batman titles, which I also enjoyed. Uh, I have to shout out um, a title I really enjoyed and continue to enjoy, Local Man number nine, Mm -hmm. closing out this arc. uh, Fantastic. I just love this series from top to bottom, taking like your classic 90s style image character and giving him a whole new world. A lot of big revelations in this issue, I bet. Couple of comics that I'm really looking forward to. Lilo and Stitch number one is coming out from Dynamite from Greg Pak. Greg Pak, uh, you gotta that, get him on the show. Yeah, uh, but that's super fun. First time Lilo and Stitch has been in comic book form. Also, Avengers Inc. number five from Marvel. This has been such a great, fun noir mystery series. I'm really bummed that this is the final issue of it. That yes. stinks. So I wish it had done better. And last but certainly not least, I wanted to give a shout out to an issue out today. DC Power 2024 number one, yes. which oh, beyond yeah. a lot of other great stories, has a new story from N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell set in the universe of Far Sector. That makes it a must buy. Oh my god! And it, like a cap, a real capstone to that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if you're an, at all a fan of the Far Sector uh, run, like you have to read this. Yeah. It's uh, so that is great. All of those books are going to be in our stack podcast that comes out Tuesday, not Tuesday, Wednesday at 9 a.m. in its own dedicated stack feed and also in the comic book club feed. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Michael Phillips for coming on to talk about Orange Flavor. Yeah. Olivia Quartero Briggs for talking about Odie Press's Jill and the Killers. Yes. And Dave Baker for coming on to talk about Mary Tyler Moorhawk. Three Next amazing week, we're great Three great guests. We're going to have two more great guests. Next week, two more returning guests. Nate Powell is going to be here to talk yeah. about his new oh, book, yes. Fall Through. And Bob Fingerman is going to be back to talk about That's Some Business here in <laughs> bunch of other podcasts to check out comic book club news bringing the news every weekday of the week monday through friday marvel vision we have a bunch of news podcasts that have been rolling out sons of a gun our dc podcast also news podcast we'll get to aquaman don't worry patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on apple android spotify or the app of your choice except for google podcasts at comic book live on twitter slash x Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Comic Book Club. Good night. Thanks, everybody. We're letting Aquaman marinate. Fish is always better later. 
Yeah, uh, he's grinding. 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 He's